Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that brings all the nostalgia feels by reaching back and touching you in your childhood. Kind of like that creepy uncle. I'm John. <laughs> I'm Adam. And today we're going to be doing another album review. We're going to be looking at the album Nevermind by the band Nirvana. Adam, I'm excited about this one. I don't know about you. Yeah, uh, this is a, a classic album. I mean, this is a huge album in the 90s, one of the biggest albums of the entire 90s, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I remember you getting this album and you pretty much playing this album on repeat. Like, this was this is a quintessential John album. Uh, oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, grunge was definitely my my go-to. Yeah. Um, I've... This, you know, pretty much the whole grunge movement um, became popular as soon as this album uh, became popular. As soon as, you know, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit uh, mm-hmm. hit MTV and became really big. That's when grunge really kind of made was made known to the world. Yeah. Um, and I loved all of the bands. Oddly enough, the one band in grunge that I didn't listen to until later was Pearl Jam. Oh, okay. So th- and that was one of my early bands. Like I was yes. very much a Pearl Jam guy over Nirvana or over other stuff. Uh, right. But but yeah, this album obviously had a massive influence as we'll <clears throat> discuss. Yeah. All right. So the album Nevermind it was released on September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one. It was recorded in uh, April of the previous year at famously at Sound Studios in Van Nuys, California. There is a really great documentary uh, put together by Dave Grohl from Nirvana about Sound City Studios, uh, I believe just called Sound City. Uh, it talks about all the different great albums that were recorded at that studio, uh, besides Nevermind, um, um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers recorded mm-hmm. some of their stuff there. I remember, um, I believe the Fleetwood Mac album Rumors was recorded mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's a it's a whole big thing about like this specifically like this mixer like there, there's this yeah. huge soundboard and it's it, the the documentary is like heavily about that and just how that soundboard created some amazing albums throughout the years and I think at the at the end eventually like he took the soundboard and bought it and then like put it into his own home studio which is pretty fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, I did hear once in an interview he talked about um, when they took that thing apart to clean it, he said there was still, like, cocaine residue, like, oh. all over that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so there was all kinds of, of chemicals and stuff underneath the board. The album was produced uh, by Butch Vig, who is also known as being the drummer for the band Garbage. Oh, Okay. Um, he's one of the people who put that band together and is basically a very big time producer, very well known. Yeah. Yeah. Garbage was, was pretty big, but that they were very short lived. So that's cool. That's cool that he was also a producer. Yeah. Well, he was a producer before Garbage was formed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because Garbage didn't come out until like the later 90s. Yeah. So, I mean, Butch Vig is definitely, he's known for being a producer. That's his thing. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the personnel, on this album, members of the band Nirvana. It is famously Kurt Cobain, who is lead singer and guitar. Krist Novoselic, and that's how you say it, Krist, who played mm-hmm. bass, and Dave Grohl on drums. Yeah, which Dave Grohl wasn't the drummer on their first album, Bleach. Right, that was uh, Chad Channing. Okay, okay. 
And um, Dave Grohl has been very adamant about giving Chad Chan- Chad Channing his um, due. So on this album, mm. we'll talk about it a little bit. There's a there's a couple of drum parts that are actually ones that Chad came up with that Dave mm. ended up recording um, because it was written before Dave joined mm-hmm. the band. Okay. So, Adam, I'm ready to dive into this album. How about you? I'm not, because okay. I want to talk about a famous little penis out there. Uh, we, <laughs> we didn't mention the actual cover art for this album, which okay. to me is incredibly iconic. That is true. You have, yeah, you have this baby underwater, and you get the, the baby's little dingle, uh, and it's swimming after a dollar bill that's on a fish hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously that's... To, you know, that's saying something about humans, you know, chasing the dollar or, you know, corporations or, you know, whatever, whatever kind of grunge thing you want to attribute to it. But, you know, we're all we're all just kind of like slaves to the dollar, if you will. And uh, that to me, that's kind of what that imagery means. But it is kind of funny. I, you know, it's it's because you could totally Photoshop out that that dingle. And it would work just fine, but they made sure to keep it in there, which I thought was very interesting. <laughs> but that's that's about it. But it is it is a super iconic yeah uh, album cover art. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those ones where if you saw it without the name, you'd still know exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adam, do you know what album Nevermind replaced on the Billboard 200? Hmm. When it when it finally hit number one. Finally hit number one, uh, nineteen ninety one. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to. I'd just throw out random guesses. Uh, it was Michael Jackson's "Dangerous." Oh, okay. Wow, that's a pretty, pretty damn big album. Pretty damn big pop artist. Yeah. All right, I'm ready to dive in. Are you? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, I'm not going to introduce this song. We're just going to start it. It introduces itself. song that says grunge than this one yeah this is uh 100 a like a massive classic and this is the 
the biggest song in grunge completely like without even a question i don't think you can debate that that smells like teen spirit really took over the airwaves and became a huge success that catapulted grunge as a legitimate contender in like musical styles and huge on mtv yeah i might say this is the most iconic song of the 90s the entire decade and that's saying a lot because this happened at the beginning yeah i mean you can make Uh, cases for other things but you know people who don't even like grunge know this song yeah everybody knows this song um it's uh you know i'm i'm gonna talk about it uh, as a drummer the entrance dave Grohl's entrance into this mm-hmm. every person who's ever learned how to play drum set has tried to play that intro <laughs> or learned how to play that intro at some point uh-huh. it's no what you know you can't you can't use it again because it's it's so big everyone would know exactly what you're doing it's kind of like the drum intro to phil collins in the air tonight uh, yeah. if, if you tried to use that that was my, yeah. that was my Phil Collins <laughs> drum impression if you tried to use it again people would know exactly where it came from and they know that you stole it so this, yeah. this is kind of one of those iconic things overall it's actually a very simple song mm-hmm. to play it's, it's, but I think that's what helps the song yeah I, I totally agree uh, you know that's that's what makes it it really has stood the test of time but it does that for a reason because how simple and how good it is uh it's it's catchy it's it's hard it's angry you know you can't understand at least half the words that he's saying so you can kind of just interpret it however the fuck you want and it's uh it works really well i found that to be true of most grunge <laughs> yes. you can't really understand to this day there have no there have been no official uh lyrics um released for the song yellow lead better by pearl jam <laughs> and i'm not entirely sure that eddie vetter actually remembers all of the words <laughs> that he's saying <laughs> yeah uh i do want to for smells like teen spirit i want to call out the music video which similarly partly because of how big the song was or how big the help this this music video is also one of if not the most iconic music videos of the 90s Mm -hmm. um you know it was like in this very grungy dirty like high school gym with these grungy dirty high school cheerleaders and like a mosh pit going on uh it was a very dirty looking video but like it it just screamed grunge yeah and when it came out it was just like whoa what the fuck is this? This isn't quite punk. This isn't quite hard rock. It's kind of like, you know, the marriage of the two. And it's just, it's just grosser, but yeah, it works. And, and that's, and that's that. I think the music video really encapsulates that and really further help propel this music genre. Yeah. And you can't forget the uh, creepy old janitor. Yeah. (laughs) He's just kind of (laughs) dancing. Yeah. Kind of dancing around. (laughs) And that was uh, also thing something that kind of struck me. At, and this was, I would have been so 91 when it was released. So I was like 10, 11, really, when it became popular. Um, seeing the music video, which was, I remember at the time, I, I was definitely not allowed to watch MTV. So I would have to watch mm. it when, if I happened yeah. to be home alone, which, you know, in the early 90s and late 80s, it was okay to leave your 10-year-old at home in the house. <laughs> 
by themselves yeah. for a few hours if they need to be. For the longest time, I don't know why I never put this together, for but the the name smells like Teen Spirit. I never I, for a long yeah. time I was trying to figure out you know, what is you know does Teen Spirit mean something? And then someone goes, oh no, don't you remember there was a deodorant called Teen Spirit, yeah. and that's exactly what it's named <laughs> yeah. after. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing a documentary. There are lots of documentary about um, about Kirk, specifically Kurt Cobain, um, you know, and his death and the mystery behind that. And I don't really want to touch too much on that because there's all kinds of conspiracy theories. And there were, I just wanted to focus on the album and the music for this. But I remember someone, I, he got the idea from someone who said that to him. Mm. And I cannot remember exactly who it was, but there's a documentary out there. So if you want to go search them all, it's yeah. out there somewhere. I'm sure there's been a lot of stuff uh, made about Nirvana. Yeah, of course. All right, so I'm ready to move on to the next one. Let's go to cool. the song In Bloom. Um, and I, before I start this one, uh, this is one of the ones where the song was written before Chad Channing, or sorry, before Dave Grohl became the drummer. And the whole sort of Tom part, bump, 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 was mm. actually Chad Channing's lick and he and when um uh when nirvana was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame dave grohl made sure to call out chad channing for his contributions to the band nice especially on that song because it says all right so this is the song in bloom I really like this song. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. This is another single, I believe. Uh, definitely, I remember it being pretty popular. Um, I, I remember kind of being surprised by them talking about, like, shooting guns. Uh-huh. You know, he's the one who likes to shoot his gun. And, like, talking about shooting guns and violence, I remember as a kid that was kind of, like, surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it fits very well with grunge. But... I, yeah, I just kind of remember being like semi shocked about it, but I kind of like how it goes from you know it's pretty moderate and pretty like not chills not the right word, but it's just like it's kind of down low to do like this, and then it gets screamy, and then it goes like you know pretty hard. Yeah, and it kind of goes back and forth and back and forth, and I like that a lot. So I think yeah, I think this song is uh, is definitely worthy of being a pretty damn big hit single. Yeah, and um. I definitely remember the music video for this one because I, mm-hmm. I believe it was it was the whole video was in black and white and it yeah. was kind of them. Um, I believe it was them on the Ed Sullivan show. Yes. Yeah. It's, all, it's like a parody of that. Exactly. But it was like I think they used clips from Ed Sullivan. Yeah. And, and voiced him over. So you hear hear him saying, ladies and gentlemen, Nirvana. And then they come out and they're yeah. all dressed in suits and stuff. Yeah. And they play the song, <laughs> which was, kind of, you yeah. know, just kind of funny in itself. I don't. And yeah, don't and they're if, just kind of like. Yeah, so they're just kind of like upright and very kind of like, you know, 
fifties happy kind of like yeah. you know like that kind of style that look uh, that just does not fit with the music that's being played. Right, but it exactly. works so well having that that juxtaposition of the visuals and the audio. Uh, and to me, what that music video really screamed out to me was, man, this this is very much shows me that introduction into Dave Grohl's early style and Dave Grohl's style of music videos and that kind of stuff. Where it's you know it's hard rock, but there's there's some comedy in there too, <laughs> and it works well. Yes, very much. Do you think, and this is just speculation, do you think maybe the band Weezer took inspiration for their video for Buddy Holly from this? I could totally see that, yeah. Because, yeah, when you watch them, like, side by side, it's like, oh, shit. That's, that's like, the same fucking thing. They're like, <laughs> yeah, they just incorporated themselves into something. They're like, let's do that. But I, which is fine, because they're both great videos. Yes, yeah. Cool. Uh, so let's move on to Come As You Are, which was another single. And let's just listen to a little bit of it real quick. It's a definite change of pace here, mm-hmm. um, and it does it does get a little bit um, harder, a little bit grungier, a little later in the song. But as far as sort of the volume, it really doesn't get too far above where you know where we just sort of stopped right there. Um, this is also another one where it's very, very simple. I remember this being one of the first that opening lick being one of the first licks I learned how to play on guitar because 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 it's fairly simple. That's exactly what I was going to say is I remember not just this song. I remember you like playing that fucking riff all the time. Just like, cause yeah, it's very basic and it is, is something that you can, you can definitely learn. Yeah. I mean, there's some, you know, there's a, there's a handful of standard songs that people tend to learn when playing guitar, you know, smoke on the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is one of them. Uh, this one, especially for '90s kids, was one. This one in plush from Stone Temple Pilots, mm-hmm. um, because that one's a you know once you kind of learn how to play some chords, plush is actually pretty easy opening at least. Um, it's a great song. It's actually not one I go back to a lot. I, was, I have the exact same note where I said, I mean, yeah, this was this is a song I like as an adult, but maybe not as much as like I used to, or it's not one that I completely love like the previous two and even more later on the album uh this one's good and if it comes on the radio i'm like okay but i'm not going to be like excited yeah for this one as i am with some of the others on the album. i mean it's still a damn good song though of course it'd but. be it'd be one that if i had been like you know lucky to see them live i would have been so excited to hear it mm-hmm. but I, you know when it's when it comes up 
Like if and you know, unless I'm just gonna do an album dive where I just listen to everything all the way through. Yeah. I'll tend to skip this one. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it's not a bad song. It's just yeah. I don't know. It's not one that's grabbed me. And there's another one that was a, a popular single that also has the same thing for me, which we'll talk about when we get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else to say about "Come As You Are"? No, I mean, yeah, that kind of covered it. Okay. Uh, now we're gonna move on to uh, one of my favorite ones, which is the song "Breed." <laughs> This is one of my favorite driving songs, mm-hmm. just because it's it's so upbeat. It drives all the way through. Yeah, you know, I love that lick, the opening. You know, ba na 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 na. It's yeah. again very simple, but very mm-hmm. catchy. It's sort yeah, of yeah, gets you gets you in quick. <laughs> yeah, grunge was sort of the that combination of heavy guitars with almost pop sensibilities. Mm-hmm. It, so and you know you kind of they're they're pop songs. But with heavy guitars and screaming. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm with you. Actually, I very much like this song. This is definitely on like my uh, top top favorites of the album. Um, and and then one of the notes that I put down is this song. It to me, it, it sounds like it's a very similar style to Stone Temple Pilots. Like which I know, yes, they are grunge too. But if you listen to this song. You, I could totally imagine Scott Weiland singing it, and like this, this could totally be an STP song, and I think that that style just kind of just really works because I really like Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, I remember we saw them back in concert a while, a long time ago, which I'm sure we'll talk more about whenever we get to an STP album. Yeah, but they're one of those bands that have so many fucking songs that you forgot are STP and just how good they are. That I was just like. Damn, I could have even imagined that this song fitting with that style, and I don't know, and I, and I just how much I like both of them, um, and and that the STP style is just a little bit more poppier, right, than Nirvana, and I think this song kind of encapsulates that style that a little bit, and so I think it, it works really well. Cool, yeah, it, it's as I mentioned, it's one of my favorites because it's a it's a fun driving song. Um, it's and you know it, it after we had come as you are, it gets our energy back up mm-hmm. um there's kind of a actually in this album there's kind of a lot of up and down push and pull yeah 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 there's not so it's not so much like a smooth ride i like got smooth like flow it's just exactly you're going up hard and then down you know low for a little bit and then kind of back and forth a little yeah, yeah. which is is good because it makes for yeah you know diversity of songs type in the album um and it's not it doesn't get stagnant 
Um, you know, we we kind of talked about this um, when we talked about Cherry Pop and Daddies. How some you know after a while, some of the songs like just start to bleed together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you can just kind of zone out. This one, every you know, there'll be a change where it'll even if you do zone out, it'll jar you back into oh, this is a complete change. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't. I didn't really have that same problem on this album. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of change, we're gonna go to the song "Lithium," which was, I believe was also a radio hit. I'm so happy because today found my friends in my head. I'm so ugly. That's okay, cause so are you Book on his Sunday morning Is every day for all I care And I'm not scared Light my candles in our days Cause I found God So this is kind of another one that I don't particularly listen to a lot. I do like the contrast at the beginning where it starts out very soft and then it does come up a little bit for the chorus. And I love that the the, the entire lyrics for the chorus are, yeah. <laughs> That's it. The uh, whole chorus, it's just, yeah. In later choruses, they do add some stuff to it, but, is it, you know, that's the part that comes back the most. Yeah. Uh, I'm... Actually, I like a little bit more on the other side. This is actually probably one of my more favorite songs on the album. Mm. Uh, I kind of like that that back and forth, uh, but it's yeah, it was a it was a huge hit. Um, yeah, I do like yeah the chorus, the the yeah, and the and the, the I'm not gonna cry. Yeah, um, it's just good. It's I think it's it's uh it's 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 the kind of song that for me. It's not just on my grunge playlist. It's also on like my hard rock playlist. It's also on multiple different playlists for me. Like I, I'm definitely a fan of Lithium. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's yeah for me. I, I guess it's not one that I really ever skip, and it's one that I go out of my way to listen to every now and then. So yeah, for me, this one, this one is uh, one of the top. Okay, well that's fair. Um, so we slowed down from Breed to Lithium, and now we're gonna slow down even more. Yes. Um, for a song which actually was inspired by a real story, and I apologize off the top of my head, I cannot remember what it is, but there's so many things about this album. If you want the details, you can go find it yourself. <laughs> We're not going to do that work for you. Yeah. <laughs> I prepped for this. Really, I did. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, and that is the song Polly. a cracker because she'll get off her first think she wants some water to put out the blowtorch isn't me have a seed let me clip dirty wings let me take a ride cut yourself want some milk Please myself, got some rope, 
remember uh, actually i remember now the basic story of what this was inspired by it was inspired by a story of a woman who was held captive by someone for a long time mm. um, i can't remember that yeah. exact details from that um, the other thing i want to say is that one symbol hit is chad <laughs> channing's actual recording contribution to this album oh <laughs> okay. all right they got him on yeah they got him on the album so that's the the one thing from him. Um, this was a song that I don't I remember n- not that I didn't like it as a kid, but it was not one I went to. And if I'm in the mood, I love this song. If I'm not in the mood, I'll skip it. Yeah. This one is entirely dependent on how I'm feeling at the time that it comes on. Yeah, it's totally different. It's it's definitely a huge contrast to the other five songs we've already heard on the album. And then you get to this one. You're like, wait, whoa, what the fuck? Acoustic. Well, what the fuck? When are you going to kick it into gear? And they don't kick it into gear for this song at all. Right. Um, And it's, it's definitely a departure from the other stuff. Um, It doesn't mean I dislike this song. I'm, I'm with you. If I happen to be in that mood, I'm okay with it. But more often than not, I don't come to Nirvana for Polly. Right. This next song uh, is is one that I like a lot. I'm just going to go ahead and say that up front. Mm-hmm. Just, just because of how weird and fun it is. Um, and I remember as a kid, I loved it because of the name of it, which had... It's a great, great name. Which had to be censored out. Uh-huh. Which is the song Territorial Pissings. It's a fun, weird song. His lyrics are weird through all this. Um, it's not a terribly long song. It's just over two minutes long. Yeah. Um, and later on in the song, when he gets to the chorus, he just starts screaming it and screaming it, and the pitch gets higher and higher. Yeah, just just when you thought Polly was like the weirdest song on the album, then you get to Territorial Pissings. You're like, whoa, that's a whole other direction, but that's fucking weird. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and it happens right after that. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to remember, because I, I first had this album on cassette. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yep. back when cassette, you know, CDs were just starting to get big, um, but they they still seemed expensive. I believe this was also the first CD I ever bought was this one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe this was the first track on the second side. I think I can't okay. I can't remember if this was the last track on the first side or the first track on the second side. I I want to say both sides ended with soft songs because uh, Polly was soft, and then the one at the end that we'll get to. Yeah, uh, I I I very much enjoy this song. 
Um, it starts off so weird, and it, the song just in general really stands out. And it, at the end, you know, it just kind of it descends into madness. He goes nuts by the end, <laughs> just screaming like crazy. Yeah, um, which I like. I like. Um, you definitely you can't understand the lyrics you mentioned, kind of like weird <laughs> lyrics. And I I had misheard. I mean, there's a lot of easy to mishear lyrics from this album in general because Kurt's vocals are just kind of hard to understand. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he always says, got to find a way uh, to find a way when I'm there. Apparently, apparently it's when I'm there. Uh, I did not hear that at all. <laughs> I did not hear like I I heard I've got to find a wife, Havana White, Havana White. <laughs> like like I thought he really fucking loved Vanna White. Like and <laughs> it kind of made sense to me with territorial pissings like you know he's trying to get his his woman and he's got to find a wife and and it's and he really likes Havana white because she was you know she's just like i don't know not like pinnacle but she was definitely like an icon for like i would say suburbanite kind of waspy looking women out there uh and so that's kind of i mean not as a kid that's not what i thought was the case but for a long fucking time i thought he was saying i've got to find a wife Havana white Havana White, yeah. I so never heard that. Okay, I've always heard. You listen to it, John. I've heard. You'll you'll think it's you'll think I'm right. See, now that you say that, that's all I'm going to hear. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's move on to uh, probably uh, if this is not my favorite song on the album, it's it's up there. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I think there's a lot of um, sort of hidden gems at the back half of this album. Yeah, um, and that is the song "Drain You." One baby to another says I'm lucky to meet you. I'm This to me is sort of a, a really good example of grunge as a whole where you have, you know, sort of heavy distorted guitar throughout the song, but he's singing in a pop style. And he I mean, there's there's harmonies in this song, you know, that's yeah. that that is sort of one of the things that I, I found more about grunge is, is is you definitely have the, the pop sensibilities of some of the ways that you sing with some harmonies, but you add the screaming to it. And but, mm-hmm. you know, heavy guitars are, are play a prominent part, um, which was which was, you know, that's not something that seems weird now, but it was not really something that was done, you know, in the late 80s, really, when grunge sort of started. Yeah. You know, because you had you had your hair metal bands, your metal bands, and then you had your pop stuff, and this was the sort of first sort of in between. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I like this song a lot. I I think it's probably the most overlooked song mm-hmm. on the entire album by probably a lot of people. It's the kind of the song that, you know, when I start listening to this album, I, I you know I typically will come to this album just for 
you know, regular Nirvana or, you know, the other singles. But when it gets to Drain You, I'm like, fuck yes, I forgot about this song. <laughs> and then I'm just very happy about it. Yeah. It, it's really good. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know. Yeah, it, it, the way you put it, almost like poppy, almost like melodic or whatever at times. Right. Where it feels good to listen to it. Then you get like some of his screaming style and it works. And I really, really like how this song starts. Like there's no build. There's no anything. He just kind of just boom kind of gets gets into like his first verse yeah and there's no hesitation and it just it's just moving on yeah and uh it, it just works really really well for me this song the song is a uh, definitely um, a really good song on the album yeah i'm definitely with you um and it pairs really well i think with the next song which is another mm-hmm. one of my favorites another one of the i think those sort of sleeper ones mm-hmm. that that you tend to forget about um and i i, I really like the sort of bass opening because you don't for some you know you don't get a lot of bass openings in in nirvana you know chris yeah. chris is not the most i'm not going to say he's a bad bassist because he's not a bad bassist he's a really good bassist but he's not a showy bassist you know mm-hmm. he's not a flea yeah per se um but it's just you know just kind of fun little stuff and that is the song lounge act This is again. This is another one that I really like. Um, kind of the same thing. Heavy, heavy guitar, pops, sort of pop sounding vocals. Um, mm-hmm. Not too much. Uh, not too much of the screaming stuff. But uh, you know, another one that doesn't get the I think the credit it deserves for the album. You know, because it's it's not an extreme. It's not really low. It's not really high. It's sort of in that middle ground. Probably gets passed over a lot by you know people listening to the album. But it's one of my favorites. This between this one and Drain You, they're probably my top two. Yeah, I think I definitely agree with you. This one gets overlooked, I think, partly because it's so it's late. We're deep into the album by now. You know, we're nine of twelve. Right. And this song, though, this song you could have easily put it earlier in their album, and it could have fit fantastically. It would have kept the energy. It keeps the grunge feel. I agree. I really like the poppier feel in the vocals, and then Kurt kind of swaps it to the gruff kind of screaming kind of style that he does. Yeah. That's kind of scream sing, uh, and it really fits well with grunge and it just fits well with the rest of these out the rest of these songs and maybe particularly as you put it yeah drain you and lounge act work really well side by side because they're both very just solid songs Uh, so yeah i'm very very happy with this one all right and now um uh it's sort of we're sort of on the same light wavelength as uh drain you and and uh, lounge act with the next song stay away but just amped up a little bit mm-hmm
Adam, what are your thoughts on this song? So yeah, this song definitely it keeps the energy going as way it kind of like is amped up from the last couple. Um, I like the guitar and the way the song just yeah continues that consistent hard rock sound. Um, this song like fully pretty much like just keeps my head kind of moving mm-hmm. <laughs> as I'm listening to it. Yeah, uh, and it kind of it kind of gets trails off at the end, gets a little bit you know Kurt weirder <laughs> at the end, uh, but. It works. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good song. It's a good song. Not not one of the best, but it's uh, it's not a bad song by any means. So I'm I'm quite happy with Stay Away. Yeah, this is another one I, I kind of like as a driving song a little bit, especially mm-hmm. you know beginning that you know the, the Dave on the snare drum like just kind of you know pounding a beat in as we go, um, and it does as you mentioned it does get a little weird towards the end, but it you know it's a fun song. Um, I really don't have much much to say after that. So yeah. No, no, no. It's it's a fine. This is this is a this is definitely, you know, just a solid, consistent song on the album. It's not a standout by any means, right. but it's it's a good. It's fine. All right, and that kind of brings us to um, our next song, which is "On a Plane," P L A I N, which I had no idea was spelled that way. I always thought it was P L A N E, until just this recording. <laughs> Again, it, it kind of seems like they put uh, some of the sort of similar, not similar sounding songs, but the same um, sort of feel and style of songs. Because again, you have that, what I've come to believe is kind of the quintessential grunge of heavy guitars throughout, mm-hmm. but singing in a pop style. I mean, I've said it a lot, but that's kind of, you know, that's really kind of how it is. Um, I really like this song. Yeah. This, is, this is probably in my top five, if I had to rank them. Mm-hmm. somewhere in the top five um it's again it's another sleeper one in the back album which if you're not listening you know if you're only listening to the radio hits uh, pretty much all the radio hits were all in the front yeah so you know if that's all you bought the album for you didn't get to this back half of the album um but i really like this one what are your thoughts on it yeah um the way you put it it's it's a song that i kind of forget about until i'm listening to Nevermind on whole and but once but once it's going, I'm like, oh fuck yeah, I, I like this song. I remember this song, and it it just uh, it keeps the consistency going. Like yeah, these these back half songs aren't like the other back half songs from some of the albums that we've talked about, where mm-hmm. you're just kind of like, oh, I'm kind of getting bored by them because of the exact same style. And there are some similar styles with these, as you put it, but they are still all very unique, and they do add in like. A slightly different one every now and then like they just you know stay away was a little bit a little bit bigger uh mm-hmm. than the other previous ones like with with some of its sound and so then you kind of come back with on a plane and it's good it's good yeah this uh this yeah. album keeps me wanting to listen because 
you know, even their songs that might seem like filler are still very fucking good songs. And I wouldn't call yeah. this one filler. I'd, I call this one a very solid song. Another one that is highly overlooked. Yeah. And that brings us to our final official song of this album. Uh, and again, it's a it's a huge departure in, in style. Um, we we you know it's similar to Polly. We jump back down into that sort of just acousticness, even you know more somber than Polly. Um, and that is the song "Something in the Way." thought this song was interesting especially at the time because it it had cello in it yeah i do like the use of string um a string element and it it, that is nice um the rest of the song i find pretty fucking boring i'm not gonna lie this is easily my (laughs) least favorite song on the entire album yeah this is a a like a lot like polly this is a song i have to be in the right kind of mood for Mm -hmm. to listen to all the way through yeah, it's it's definitely it's not a bad song. It's a fine song. It's definitely it's very depressing. It makes me feel <laughs> depressed when I listen yeah. to it. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I honestly would probably preferred if they would have ended a little bit stronger or ended like a little bit harder, a little bit more. You know, I don't know, non-depressed. <laughs> kind of had good energy going through most of this album, and then right. I end it like this, and I'm just like, ugh. um and that's the end of the album if uh or is it or is it (laughs) uh unless you waited uh, a little bit into the end Mm -hmm. um and then you get a song um that actually has a name called endless nameless and let's listen to that one real quick I have to play this one off of YouTube because it it wasn't included in in my album download yeah I don't I I didn't have it on my I don't have it on my uh, iTunes, and so yeah. I until you just mentioned little rumblings of like a hidden track, I'm like, oh fuck, I didn't even know there was a hidden track. I forgot because <laughs> I never listened to it, and it's not on my fucking right. uh, iTunes. So yeah, uh, th- I'll, I'll be excited to re-listen to this one because I, I kind of forgot completely there was a hidden track.
It's a weird song. Fuck. I, now I can't remember if that just didn't come with the my Nevermind or if I deleted that because I, <laughs> not, I did not enjoy that. No. In the uh, pantheon of secret songs, <laughs> it is not one of my favorites, which is... Um, it's it's disappointing because this is one of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not one of my favorites. It's just sort of, I don't know. It seems like some sort of really weird B roll thing where they just were playing uh-huh. and Kurt was making up stuff as they went along, and they're like, "Oh, let's just add it in as the hidden track." Yeah, we got we got time to fill at the end of the tape. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is not one. You know, it's that's fun and silly to like get the end to kind of like like with green day green day's dookie uh mm-hmm. final you know their hidden track which is just kind of like weird and silly but you're kind of like okay haha that's kind of funny this one's yeah. just like what the fuck seriously what <laughs> the fuck uh i guess that's kurt yeah that's kurt for you all right and that brings us to the end of Nevermind. adam uh, final thoughts on the album yeah it's uh, it's certainly a great album that I think deservedly gets the praise that it has been given throughout the years. Um, I like every single song, even though I have like some favorites and some not favorites, you know, I genuinely enjoy every single one of them Mm -hmm. and it's an album I can listen to from top to bottom. And this is a great representation for grunge that really helps set the tone for that genre to really blow up in the early nineties and um, I think it's uh, it's fantastic. It, it totally holds up after all these years. I really mm-hmm. want to uh, just continue. I'm gonna continue listening to it, but I'll probably you know what I'll probably try and do is just you know not always start from the top and move down. Right. I will probably maybe jump to some of those later ones, so that way you know I make sure I hit some of those uh, the on a planes, the drain use and lounge acts that are just as good if not better than some of the pre earlier singles. And mm-hmm. just to try and like make sure I keep them, uh, you know, strong in my mind a little bit better. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the same wavelength as you. Um, this album is is kind of like the flagship album for grunge. You know, if you if you had to pick one to to signify mm-hmm. the style, this is definitely the one. Um, I think I would pick. Uh, I've never never made a, a secret about it. Nirvana's been one of my favorite bands since i was a kid they were sort of like the first modern band i really got into um modern being at the time that they came out mm-hmm. you know because up until you know most of most of what we listened to growing up was whatever our parents listened to so we listened to a lot of like 60s and 70s music for a long time um beatles and stuff like that and this was sort of this this one i remember as being my first i'll, I'll put it this way it's the first album i remember having that our mother didn't like (laughs) (laughs) you know it's it's that 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 first sort of like oh it's you know it's my it's my it's my little dirty little secret i can listen to Mm -hmm. this because you know and i have to do it when when you know when our mother wasn't home and (laughs) and stuff so um i will always have a fondness and a love for this album um I can listen to it all the way through if I, you know, if I had to. Um, there are some songs I'd tend to skip if I, if I'm if I'm not in the mood to hear them. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's a great album. Um, I think if you haven't if you haven't listened to it in a while, or you've or say you've only downloaded like some of the hits, 
go back and re-listen to some of the stuff. You know, you can find everything on YouTube and Spotify and stuff like that. Go listen to this album again, and I think you need to consider getting some of the other uh, sort of back-end albums, uh, back-end songs to, to complement this stuff, because there's some real gems in there. Yeah, definitely. All right, and that is our review of Nirvana's Nevermind. Please join us next time as we're joined by Marvelous Joe from the Dynamic Duel podcast for an all-Marvel episode. We review 1986's Howard the Duck, the 90s Spider-Man animated series, and we do a casting of Marvel's villain team, Sinister Six. If you have any comments or questions, you can email us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com, or you can find us at at blastpastcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time.